All right, welcome to the show. Uh, I have a special guest with me, uh, John McWilliams. I'm going to let him introduce himself, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the Ducks and what's going on in the league, Arizona, uh, Toronto, some news that you broke earlier, and uh, Batman and other things like that. But, uh, John, I figured I'd give you the floor. Thanks for coming on the show and, and you know, let everybody know a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. No, my pleasure. Uh, you know, thanks for having me here. Um, yeah, I've been, I'm a hockey lifer. I, you know, played the game a little bit. Not, not, I didn't play it well, uh, but uh, I've had quite a bit of success in the development side. So I've worked uh, probably for the last 30 years on um, um, specifically skating, but skills. So I've worked, you know, all over the, all over Europe, the U S Canada, I've had programs. I've got them in an Atlanta, Canada now. So I'm based in Halifax and, I got programs all over this area and work with the pro guys in the summer and the kids in the winter. And yeah, so I've had, you know, Kale McCarr came through my program, uh, Crosby, McKinnon, Marshawn, a lot of Halifax guys. And um, yeah, quite a bit of success over the years. And, um, you know, I'm happy to, uh, to be here to talk hockey and, um, you know, talk Canaheim Ducks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a reminder, everybody, this is part of the Old City Sports Network. Um, you know, I'll put all the, the sponsors in our description box um, throughout the show and I'll mention them here and there. But uh, yeah, let's let's get to the Ducks. Uh, sure. You know, some interesting stuff in the offseason. Um, some names were mentioned. They had talked about Andrew Burnett, uh, Spencer Carberry, and Mike Bellucci as some of the names that are confirmed. And yeah. then um, they mentioned uh, Frank Cervelli mentioned 468 names interviewed. I don't know if that was kind of him joking around or he was being serious, but he posted that. But uh what what are your thoughts on the Ducks coaching situation? Yeah, they're 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 doing a lot. Um, from what I'm told, they you know they're they're looking at a lot of assistants. Um, so you know the names you mentioned: Carberry, Bertie uh, Brunet, Brad Shaw, who's a who's an assistant in Philly that they think is ready. Um, I, I don't think that's going to work. I think you got a you got a young group there. Um, I think uh, you might see a return of a uh, of an old coach that coached in Anaheim by the name of Mike Babcock. So, mm-hmm. so Babcock is 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 out there. He wants to coach again, and he um, uh, been mentioned in New York. He'll you know he won't be mentioned in Toronto, but any opening is going to mention him or him him and or uh, Joel Quenville just because of the, uh, the the records that they have. So, I'm thinking uh, Anaheim would be a good fit for him. I don't see him coming back into a big market. Just, you know, I think he wants to stay a little low key based on how he went out. Um, but I see Babcock or Laviolette is, is, oh. is who I see in Anaheim. I think the kids, uh, I, I have a little bit of a concern with the, with the culture. Um, it's, you got a lot of young guys or a lot of cockiness going on, uh, you know, out there. And I think, uh, I think you, you almost need a hard, hard ass guy to come in and basically teach these kids how to be pros. Um, I think it was a tremendous loss when, uh, when Getsy, you know, hung him up because he's, that was, he was absolutely, nobody was, uh, nobody was fooling around in that room and not taking it seriously when he was around. Um, and the coach that just left, I don't think he was the guy that was going to keep them. Um, but a Babcock, a Laviolette, you know, somebody that's been around, and uh, you know has uh, has had some success. Will uh, will I mean this team's going to be a real good hockey team, right? Um, but it's a culture thing. You got to teach these guys, um, you know, some of the nuances away from the game. You know, I get the the Michigan stuff, but uh, I'm I'm one that um, I'm, I'm more of a traditionalist, and I'd rather see you wrap it around on the ice and then show up a goalie on the other team. Um, you know. Perfect example is, you know, we talked we talked before we came on uh, about Connor Bedard, and mm-hmm. in the first game of the World World uh, U20, so the World Junior Tournament here in Halifax, uh, they lost to the Czech Republic five three. So Bedard and Fantilli both tried to Michigan and miss. Right at right. the end of that game, um, I believe it was Shane Wright. Shane Wright showed a tremendous amount of leadership within that group, and he basically said, "We're not going to win." anything doing Michigan's right. We have to play the game the right way. And, and then nobody else on that roster tried it again. And they went, uh, they ran the table. So I'm just, like I said, I'm an old school guy. I have a nine-year-old son. He's, he's learning how to scoop the puck up, stuff like that. And he's all oh, dad, I'm going to learn how to do the Michigan. And I'm like, well, that's, that's great. I think it's tremendous to have, have that skill set. Having said that, 
try not to do it in the game. Why not, Dak? I said, well, because you're kind of showing up the goalie on the other team. And I, I think when, you know, when I was playing, I probably might have might have buried a stick in the, in the guy's head if he, you know, that kind of thing. So, I, you know, I think that, and it's okay. I mean, there's tremendous, I mean, Zegras has a tremendous amount of skill. Um, you know, I think if they can harness that, um, and, and, uh, I just get the impression sometimes he's just a little bit too loosey goosey. You know what I mean? Like just the, I, I don't know, he's smiling out there and you know, your team's 15 games under 500. Um, to me, it's, it, you know, I think they need somebody in there to say, Hey, you know what, we're going to be a real good team down the road, but we got to learn how to play the right way and, and do the right thing. So that, that's my opinion on the coach. Uh, that's what I do. You know, I would certainly bring in somebody that's going to um, be able to, and and that person probably isn't going to be long-term, right? Most of those guys that, that fit that mold, John Tortorella, Daryl Sutter, guys like that don't last. They just don't anymore in the new game, right? But they can go in and fix the culture in a year and a half, two years before they get fired for, for being tuned out. And then you bring in somebody, maybe one of these young guys that can execute, right? But I would look at all, all the guys that they're looking at as as head coaches as, as possible, you know, bring in a veteran coach and bring in one or two of those guys as assistants with a with a succession plan that uh, you know this guy's going to be here for a couple of years and then and then the team works. So that's where I'd go. Do you think you know they brought in Matt McIlvain to the goals and there was talk about him maybe coming up later on? Do you think that that could be part of it? Maybe he's down there with the goals for two or three years. They bring in yep. someone, you know, senior like you're talking about to kind of get the, the team going even more in the right direction. And then McIlvain comes in. Yeah. And what, what you have to do is, I mean, you know, the, the, the teams are so close, right? San Diego and Anaheim and, and, and um, you know, I'm a big believer in, in, in culture and development models within your organization. So whoever they bring in, you know, you know, to coach Anaheim needs to be in constant communication with the American Hockey. You want to you want to run the same system. You want to run the same same uh, you know similar practices. This little thing. You want to have similar uh, routines. Um, you know, as far as on a travel day, what time do we skate in the morning? When do we have a team dinner? When do we eat? Um, because what you do is you make make that sort of up and down between the American League and the National Hockey League a lot lot less uh, well, complicated, right? The guy comes in and he knows the system. You got an emergency call up on a you know a Saturday night, and the guy can come in. He knows how we play, right? He knows you know where he's supposed to be in, and and all the different situations. And so you got to kind of build that culture within the whole organization, and it's it's invaluable, right? And then absolutely, so you you know you have you have him cut, coach there for a couple of years, then come up as an assistant, at, you know, basically when the other guy's on his way out to get to know the guys, right? But uh, with the young prospects coming in, holy smokes, I mean. That's going to have, I'll go out there right now and say in three years, you're going to have the best defense core in the National Hockey League by far because you're going to have four or five guys on entry level deals, right? Making a million bucks a year and, and top end, top end players, right? Olin Zellweger, he was on that team with Bedard. He's a real deal. He's going to win a Norris Trophy, right? That He's that good. Then you got, uh, um, you know, Minchikov, Luno, and Hein. Yeah. They're all there, you know. I mean, you're talking the drafting down there has been incredible, you know, from the back end. That's how you win, right? It's your defense score that makes you win. And look at all the teams that have won in the last 20 years. They've had stud defensemen and deep, deep defense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not in any trouble there. Um, yeah, I'm you know, I'm excited for you guys going in for sure. What else? Uh, what else you got for me? Yeah, I mean, the, the blue line's kind of weak for the Ducks right now, right? I mean, yeah. you have Drysdale that he actually just came off the IR officially this week, so everybody was excited about that. He's back. You have Fowler. Then there's kind of a drop-off. Uh, you know, you have Bakanainen in there. Uh, you have a, other a couple plugins in there. So do you see the Ducks trying to go get, you know, another top four defenseman at least this summer? Because like, you're, like you were talking about, we've talked about on our show too, is you have these young guys coming up. The blue line is going to be fantastic, but it's going to take a couple of years. So do you see the Ducks trying to go uh, either trade for somebody or try to get somebody in the summer that's a free agent? You know, because the top four, I mean, you really got top two, maybe top yeah. three. I mean, it's kind of weak uh, on the blue line. And Fowler's going to be, honestly, Fowler's going to be done before these kids are ready, right? Right. Um, he's going to be a mentor guy, but I absolutely agree with you. I think somebody like a Luke Shen, somebody that's a veteran, 
Um, a little bit on the physical side, somebody that can look after these kids mm-hmm. needs to kind of mentor them, show them again how to be a pro. Um, but I, I, I don't want them to bring on maybe Zellweger, but I think the rest of them need to spend some time in the minors. Um, I think it's more important as a defenseman. And Anaheim's always had that uh, that philosophy. If you go back to, you know, Pears and, and, and Getsy coming up, um, you know, those those two guys are – our hall of famers and, and they, they spent a year or two in the minors, you know, um, but a, a defenseman hundred percent, I think, you know, maybe Zellweger would be the only one that I, I, I'd bring right in, but the rest of them, I, yeah, I'd have them prove to prove, uh, prove uh, how you can be a pro. So yes, bring in a, a veteran, maybe two mm-hmm. um, to kind of get these guys, but it's gotta be a leadership guy. I don't, you know, the skill set and, and the way he's going to be on the ice is far less important to me than how he's going to be with the kids, how he's going to, you know, he's going to take the rookies out to dinner. Is he going to, you know, stay late after practice to work on something, that kind of stuff. That's what you need. You need some mentors. Well, you, you touched on that too earlier. You talked about, uh, you know, Getzloff being gone. Another thing yeah. that some people talked about this last season, they had, you know, three alternate captains, what, how do you think that that plays out? Because like you said, you, you have these young guys, they they have, a, you know, a little bit of extra energy in there. Um, you know, like you said, a little bit flash and dash, smile, you know, th- those kind of things. I kind of felt like that, too. I felt like if Getzloff was there this year, they could have mentioned him a little bit more. I mean, hats yeah. off if he wanted to retire. He had a great career. You know, he's got to uh, do what he wants to do. But what do you think as far as this next season? Do you see the Ducks trying to ha- have someone as a captain or do you see do. a role with three alternates again, which I, I, to me, I just, I, I don't like that, especially when you have a young, young team that needs uh, somebody that's, you know, the dad of the team or the, or the leader of the team. Yeah. Mason McTavish is going to be the captain. Mm. He's, he's, he's going to be the guy. Um, he's, he's just a leader. Through. He plays the game the right way. He goes in. I'm sure he's already talked <clears throat> talk to the Zegris of the world about some of the some of the antics because he's a pro pro. That kid's coming up and he's coming in there and he'll demand and command respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would expect. I mean, they might go in alternate A's next year to make sure, but I would expect that Mason McTavish will get named captain by Christmas. Oh. He's, he's he's the leader of that organization already. Yeah. I mean, what is he? Twenty one. 20? Yeah, a lot a lot of the guys are in the early 20s, young young kids. Yeah, for sure. He reminds me of a young John Taze, honestly, mm. is, is what he reminds me of. Right? You know, plays honest, hard. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got a real good skill set to go with it. Um, he's gonna be the captain there. Yeah, yeah and I mean, girl will be a leader there as well. He's gonna be a leader there for a long time. Yeah, I mean, Mason really emerged this last year, especially on the power play. I, I, I joke, I, I say, like, he sets up in his office kind of like Tamu did, takes those one-timers, was killing on the power play. You know, he was up there. He wasn't in contention uh, for Rookie of the Year, but, I mean, no. he was still up there um, doing yeah. a great job. And, and like you said, he works very, very hard, and I think that's a, a huge thing with him. And he's not at, he's not as flashy. I mean, he scores his goals. He does what he needs to do. He's got energy and excitement. But yeah. I, I could see that, like you were saying. The other, the other one I thought maybe possibly would be a Troy Terry. Yeah, um, I I could too. Uh, I think he'll be in the leadership group for sure. But I mean, you know, I, I I don't see Terry even close to having the leadership qualities that that I would look for. I mean, everybody's different. I'm, right. I'm a little bit older school than than some of the managers even that are in the game now. Um, but that's, I'm looking for a guy that's well rounded. Not necessarily my best guy. Um, a guy that's going to be on the ice in a lot of different situations. Obviously, McTavish fits that bill, and and a guy that plays the game the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy that's always on the right side of the puck, always doesn't misses assignments very much. And, and if you watch McTavish and high, you know, kind of um, single in on him during a hockey game, he's he's in the right spot. Mm-hmm. He really is. So um, you know that that's where I'd go. But uh, you know, remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, I, I, I it's going to be whoever they bring in as a coach. Gonna, right. gonna make that decision and probably after training camp. Yeah, and I, I think the coach, like you talked about too, Verbeek, you know, the you know, quote little ball of hate. I mean, he's old school. He did talk about uh his big thing is he wants the team to be difficult to play against, which let's be honest, the ducks were not difficult to play against last year. You had Gibson taking 40 plus shots a night, the blue line was a mess. Yeah, there were some injuries, but the blue line was still a mess. 
Now, the offense was was spotty. The, the power play was a little bit better than the year before, maybe, uh, you know, but but overall, it was a, a rough, rough season. We all know that. I mean, it is what it is. I, I think um, going the only thing is the recycle direction. I don't know how much the fans will stomach it because they, they did that with Carlisle and it didn't work. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if Babcock, I, I mean, he may work, it may work out with the team, it may work out with the players, like you said. Uh, but I know I posted some stuff about that on there and they were like Babcock, like, you know, hell no, we don't want him back again. But I mean, if he's a transition guy, maybe it works then John. Yeah. Give him a two year deal. And then he can move on. If he, if, you know, he can, he can show the rest of the league that he can coach again. Um, You know, and that his behavior, it was his behavior. That was the issue, right? He played some mind games. He did some, some pretty unethical things in my opinion. Uh, you know, sitting guys when they're voted to play the thousandth game or they got 100% of people in town and it's a nothing game, that kind of stuff. And he, he did some uh, some some pretty shitty things to uh, Mitch Marner when he was a rookie here. I don't know if you heard that story. But I uh, basically had him, you know, tell which guys worked the hardest and worked the least hard. And and then and then shared that information. So, um, yeah. yeah, he's, you know, he's an old school guy, though, right? A lot of those guys kind of got ran out of the game here a few years ago. And, uh, you know, hopefully they uh, they come in and, um, you know, I, I I think he's there or Columbus is the two places that I think that's Okay. One of those two places. Well, speaking of the young talent, too, so we had the, the draft lottery and we had a lot of drama with that. Uh, we talked about it on our, our last show with me and Eddie. Um, but the Ducks ended up second. Uh, yeah. Just kind of get your thoughts on what you think the Ducks will, you know, do you think they take Fantelli? Do you think they take Carlson? People were talking about that. Uh, will Smith's name has been thrown in there too. Uh, now, uh, where do you see, you know, assuming Chicago takes Bedard, which is what we think, um, do, you, do you see the Ducks taking Fantelli or, or Carlson? Or what do you think? I think, I think I, <laughs> if I'm the Ducks, honestly, I'm taking Mitchka. And I'll tell you why. Hmm. Okay. They're not going to be ready for about three years. Right. Right. Mitchka. From what I'm told from my contacts in, in you know, um, Eastern Europe, right, that this kid's every bit as good as Bedard, right? Any other year, this kid's a first overall pick. Right. Um, um, if he was a, a, a Canadian or an American or a Swede, it, it, it's not a slam dunk that 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 Connor Bedard's going. Um, so Anaheim fits that bill to me. One of the first kind of you know. I think they're 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 as far away as anybody except Phoenix from contending. Like I said, the the defense core needs a couple of years to get right. comfortable with the game and the speed of the game. Um, they got to fix the culture and and get the right group in there. Um, once they do that, Mitchkoff will be ready. He, he's probably going to lead the KHL in scoring for the next two or three years. Like he's unbelievable. So Anaheim, I would probably. Um, and, and you don't have to take him at two. So I'd get an asset and drop the four or five and let those other guys go because some of those teams think they're better than they are, right? Mm -hmm. I think Verbeek knows what, what, what he's got. Um, he's been a, been around the game long enough to, to not think that he's going to contend next year or the year after. Your, your minimum three. That's when that kid's coming, right? He signed for, I think, three more in, uh, in, in, in Russia. He's right. coming to the draft, which is a tremendous sign that he's excited. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, that's where I'd go with him. Um, with with with, I, I, but the other three that you mentioned, I mean, Fantilli could be a overall most draft. Um, you know, other than when you know McDavid or Bedard or Matthews or or something like that, you're going to get an unbelievable player right, right there. But you might be able to get an asset. You might be able to actually get another first rounder and and still get Mitch Mitch Mitchkoff. Hmm. Um, by, by dropping but that's what I'd be exploring right now but um, you know sometimes it's a rule of a dice too because if you think another guy's taking somebody and then all of a sudden you drop that back to five and then somebody else takes Mitchkoff but guess what it's, there's still going to be a good guy there and you're getting an asset right this team is this team has to drop the best player available mm -hmm. um, there, there's a lot of holes in the lineup and I think you know 100% whether the guy's going to be signed in Russia for a few years or not, you got to take the best guy available to, to kind of enhance his rebuild. And uh, that's that's the way I'd go. But if not, probably Fantilli for sure. If, if they don't want to go that route, I, you know, Fantilli would be, uh, I mean, he's, he's a great player. 
know, we we're talking, I was on the Ranger show there yesterday and we were talking about, um, we had a long talk about uh, Alexi Lafreniere. Um, you know, oh, you know, the pressure that he he got going to one of the Rangers. Of the, he'd be about nine this year in that draft. You know, that was a very weak draft that he came in. And it's unfortunate that, that he went to New York because, you know, the pressure of playing in that city is no different than Toronto, Montreal, uh, Chicago, right? Detroit, some of those, you know, original Boston. And, and, and he, uh, you know, he got set up to fail, right? He goes in there and everybody, oh, he's the number one overall pick. He's going to be like, you know, Matthews or McDavid. Right. No, no, it was a bad draft. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to get a great player. Um, Bedard would have would have been would have been huge. Would have changed the franchise. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have sped it up any though. Um, and that's not going to make you a contender next year or the year after. Uh, I think Verbeek's building it the right way. Obviously, from the back end, um, you know, goaltending is going to be you know a question here. Is Gibson going to be the guy in three years? Probably not. Right? It's uh, you know you're going to have to start to to look at your younger prospects and. And look at you know, in the in the third or fourth round, going on a flyer and taking a goalie that you know maybe has a, a real good frame and 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 some success, but not rated real high. And 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 trust in your goalie program that you have uh, uh, in the development side, and 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 try to find a diamond in the rough like that. Yeah, the goalie thing has been interesting because they keep talking about trading Gibson. Uh, a lot of fans are annoyed by this because you know it's it's gone on for the last couple yeah. seasons now. And and they're wondering what's going to happen. Um, they had a season ticket holder event that I went to where Verbeek said, hey, you know, I don't want to trade Gibson unless I have another number one goalie ready to go. And it kind of kind of interesting because I, I wonder how much does he think Dostal will be a number one type goalie? Um, you know, will he be the guy to go in there and you do you trade Gibson and you try to get. Uh, if you don't get another number one goalie in return, do you try to get a top defenseman, right? Because we're talking about building up the blue line, the back end of the team and fixing it. Um, I'm just really curious. I, I don't know if he thinks Dostal is ready to take over that role or not. We did see a lot more of him in the second half of the season, which was good. And I mean, he's, yeah. he's, great, he's a great goalie, but I'm just kind of curious your take on that. Do you think Dostal is the guy that could take over that role or do you think? Yeah, but I think you need a, either a veteran guy or another young guy like him that mm. has to prove himself. You want to throw it out there and say, hey, you know what? That's available. We're going to move Gibson. Um, you know, and 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 in the Gibson deal, any transaction for Gibson. Um, and 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 here's my prediction with Gibson. Either he's going to go between now and the draft, like draft day, you know, that kind of thing, in right. some sort of a transaction, or it'll be very close to the deadline, right? And then they, they can drive the price up. But I think his price right now is really high. Uh, I know he has a 10 10 team list. I don't know who's on it. Do you know who's on his 10 team? It's I, speculation I, anyway. They're not going to tell you the truth. Yeah. But uh, the teams that I see a fit, a lot of them are in the Atlantic Division, right? Uh, Buffalo, Detroit, Toronto, Ottawa, mm -hmm. right? Those are teams that will look seriously mm -hmm. even right now or the deadline, you know, depending on how they're doing, right? Um, he's easy. He's, he's, he's still got, a, you know, I, in my opinion, he's got a, two or three years left. I think he deserves, I think if he goes to Verbeek and says, Hey, you know what? I, you know, I know you're, you know, we're rebuilding here. I want to win. I don't have a chance. Right. Um, they're going to do them right. Uh, the other two teams uh, outside the Atlantic that I see. Uh, and the first one is a huge possibility is Edmonton Oilers, right? They, they got killed in the playoffs this year. They thought they had what they had and, and they didn't, um, uh, you know, goaltending was hot and cold. They need, they need that veteran presence, right? Um, you know, Jack Campbell just wasn't it. Hate to say it, I like the guy, but uh, he he didn't do his job, and and I, I don't think the coach did his job not playing uh, Campbell in, in Game Six, right after after the numbers that he put up. And the other one's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh would always look at a guy like Gibson. Um, so I, I think there's a deal out there, but I would bring in yeah, I'd bring in somebody either you know, and I know somebody like a Cam Talbot. Right, that's been around that can maybe mentor a kid, uh, doesn't need to play a lot, or somebody else young that's on an entry level deal that you can turn around and say, Hey, you know what? Um, you guys, you know, and that's yours, you guys, whoever rolls with it. That's, that's how I would handle that one. 
Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting situation, you know, how they're how they're going to try to do that. Um, it, you know, if they're going to. I don't know. I think they're just kind of stuck. I don't I don't know. It, it, you know, and I know that, um, like you mentioned, uh, Pittsburgh has been brought up a few times, too, as, yeah. as a team. And he's got family out there. So that's another one that could be a situation. I just think the biggest thing they've got to figure out is who who is the guy? Is it someone that they're going to go get? Or is it Dostal they're going to bring up? But you're right. Even if you say, okay, uh, if you're going to bring up Dostal, then I agree with you. Like, who's the, going to be the guy that's going to be there to mentor him? Who's who's going to come up there and help him? Because if you have him in there doing it, the job, that's fine. But I, I think a lot of – I think the theme kind of that we've talked about with this team is mentorship. I think there, there's not – uh, a, a mentor as far as a team captain obviously there's no coach yet we got to figure that out too but you're right if you do go with Gibson now in the summertime which is what some have talked about or next season then you need someone that's going to mentor whoever you're bringing in unless you're bringing in another senior goalie uh, from another team then, then maybe not but I, I think that's a big part of this and getting the team in the right direction is yeah. the leadership like you said the talent is there there's more talent coming um, it's exciting times I'm with you I think the team is maybe two, three years away from, you know, making the playoffs and, and actually, you know, maybe not being a contending team, but, you know, having some kind of threat getting in there and, make, you know, making some noise. And I, I think that's a huge part of this is, you know, what what are they going to do with him? I, I felt bad this last season. I felt like Gibson just got, you know, broken down. I mean, you, you, you faced the most shots in the history of the league since they recorded the shots. I can't remember when that was, but it was way back when, and they recorded I mean, that's ridiculous. And anybody that's a goalie, I mean, you're going to get worn out. But I think his value is still pretty high, like you said. You know, another another player they talked about is Comtois maybe going the summer. And then they also talked about, there's been some other reports out there, and these names have been out there before, but um, Silverberg and Henrique, they both got $5 million deals. Rumors of Silverberg going back to Sweden at the end of next year. And that's 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 it, for him to release that screwed them because now his value is nothing, right? Yeah, that's what I thought you were going because now you're going to get him for this year. It'd be a, a pure rental uh, with no chance if he's going back to to, to Sweden. Uh, Henry's a different story. I think he, he he's in a similar boat as um, as Gibson. If you can get a young player uh, and a draft pick, uh, you know, I think again it'll be it won't be. Either either it's in the next you know six weeks or it's you know after Christmas sometime between them and the deadline because you you know you want to showcase him a little bit. I mean he's a valuable guy to your dressing room. He's another veteran leader that can can basically you know help with some of these kids. Um, but I would question also um, you know I think he should have been maybe one of the guys that stepped up. Him and Fowler should have been the ones that. Have already started to to fix this culture because they played with, you know, some pretty pretty uh, you know profound leaders, um, and I didn't see that. I didn't watch Anaheim a lot, mind you, because I mean time difference. But right. I taped a lot of games. I didn't see that this year, and but he's he's you know Henrik's Henrik, right? He's he's going to help whoever he is. Great hockey player has had a great career, um, you know, and I think they can get some 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 real good assets for him, for sure. But, uh, you know, you got to it's a it's a roll of dice. Do you, do you do it now if you like the package or do you say, man, if they're going to give me that now, what are they going to give me when, you know, they need that guy and they got some injuries at the deadline? So you got to find that sweet spot. And um, but it's not going to hurt them to hold on to him until, you know, and, and going back to the goalie thing, it doesn't matter. You need to figure out who's going to be your goalie in three years. Right. right? This team's not going to win. So you 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 if if you play eight goalies this year to try to find one that maybe is the guy and 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 start to you know give some guys in your in your um, in your system some opportunities sign a couple free agent goalies right bury them in the East Coast League somewhere let them play a lot of games um, I'm a I'm a I'm not a big believer in in goaltending uh, being crucial to win a Stanley Cup anymore I mean other than the Tampa teams I you know it's been kind of mar you know marginal goalies that are that, that have won one lately other than uh, Vasilevsky, right? right? Nobody's had that true stud number one, like a Carey Price or, you know, Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky's the only one. And then the, the other thing I've always said, you know, and I'm in a development game, I'm not, not at all on the goalie side, but I've, you know, 
done some some camps and stuff with some guys that are. And and I'm a big believer that if you're playing uh, NC2A Division One college and you're a starting goaltender, if you're playing Major Junior in the Quebec League, Western League, or Ontario League, and you're a starting goaltender, you have the tools and the skill set to play in the National Hockey League and be a starting goaltender. It's what's between the two years, right? <laughs> there's there's 75, 80 goalies out there that can physically they have the tools to play in the National Hockey League. It's the guy that can, you know, take a getting getting pumped eight goose and 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 not let that affect his next game. Those are the guys that make it, the mentally strong kids. So if you got to go through eight or ten of them in the next couple of years to figure out who's your guy, do it. Right? Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you never play to lose, but but you know, Verbeek knows what 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 Anaheim is, and it's going to be a real real good hockey club in two or three years. So you, you got to build towards that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's the thing. This is a couple of years away, like you said, and then yeah, you got to figure it out. I mean, the big thing too is is the blue line too. I mean, you could have a stud goalie, uh, i.e., John Gibson, and then you have a terrible blue line, and we saw what happened last year. But then you could have a fantastic blue line and have a goalie that's good, maybe, yeah. maybe not you know stellar, like you said, and you can yeah. still make a good solid run. Hundred <clears throat> percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, I mean Silverberg. You know, good, another useful player for sure. Uh, but I think I think he'll get moved. Yeah, I, I think. Kind of and, and I, you know, I don't, what's I don't know I, what's Fowler's deal. Uh, I have to look, but I, I I'm trying to remember. I want to say it's around six, six million. Six and a half. Yeah, six and a half for a couple more years. Yeah, yeah. So he'd be oh. a guy. I'd, I you know may move out too. Um, sometimes when you when you um. You know, Anaheim was a veteran team for a while there, and Getsy got up there, and Paris was still there, and um, you know they came close. They had some, you know, some yeah. good. They had, they had chances in the playoffs. You never, you know, they came up a little short. Um, but I truly, truly believe when you when you do this big rebuild, sometimes it's 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 getting the guys out of the system that have kind of been around through some bad stuff, and and maybe you know. Um, you know, and sometimes in the market like you're in, it, it, it can be easy to kind of fade into the, hey, you know what, I'm going to go surfing today or I'm going to go golfing. You know what I mean? And yeah. and I think maybe you change that whole, try to get a couple of those those veteran guys, um, you know, if you can get assets for them and build a, build a group of kids, right? And, you know, with a guy like McTavish kind of leading the way and Olin Zellweger and, and you know, you're going to bring in, uh, you know, a winning, uh, a winning, you know, atmosphere um real quick when you're bringing in winners right and a lot of these kids that are coming in are winners so yeah i agree with you um all right that, that'll kind of wrap up the ducks part we'll talk a little bit about the league too sure. just want to remind everybody we're part of the old city sports network sure, uh, yeah. yeah one of the sponsors is norse beards check them out uh for our grooming needs ocsn is the code for a discount so norse beards for uh different grooming needs um, all right, so kind of talk a little bit about the league. You uh, you had some news. Um, we can kind of start, uh, I guess, with Toronto uh, yeah. talking about shakeups. <laughs> you yeah. you some stuff, and then that came to fruition. So uh, you know, another team that's going to have a crazy summer is the uh, Toronto Leafs, John. They are, yeah. So I, you know, I broke yesterday. I heard uh, through one of my contacts that uh, talks fell off with uh, with uh, Kyle Dubas. And uh, that that Sheldon Keefe and his staff were going to be released. Um, so I tweeted it and I posted it on our socials, and a lot of heat. Oh, how do you know that? Well, you know, yep. I'm not going to say it if I don't know it. So, um, you know, they're called sources because I, you know, they don't have to uh, well to say who they are. Uh, anyway, so that happened. So you know, and Shani had a, a press conference this afternoon, and uh, basically. Uh, I think what it came down to, if you read between the lines, it was his demeanor in the in the in the press conference, right? Yeah, uh, the, the getaway day there. He comes in and and uh, you know he's like, well, I don't know, I'm going to talk to my family. He looked defeated, right? So yeah. they had a they had a they had a offer on the table for him at that point, um, and I already told them we're you know they're dealing with his agent, blah 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 blah. He said, okay, yeah, I got to go home and talk to my wife. Um, between and then and then there was an offer and then there was a counter offer that came back from the agent and and the leaf guys the brass you know shanny and, and and the ownership basically uh they didn't like the body language that he that 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 he protruded in the in the 
uh, press conference and he looked defeated and they decided to move on. I heard this yesterday that, that it was a very good possibility, um, but it's confirmed now. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, it does change a lot. So I think the core four is going to get broke up. Um, you know, I'm hearing, you know, there's two, two uh, front runners for the general manager's job and then one internal that, that they'll take a hard look at, but uh, Brad for living out of Calgary, I think uh, Calgary's blocking him from interviewing anywhere, but you know, there's ways to circumvent that, as you know, um, they have a deal in place and Brandon Pridham, who was assistant, he's their cap specialist and analytics guy. He can run this draft. That's not a problem. The other guy that I think, uh, and it depends on how London Knights do tonight, but I have a strong feeling um, that they're going to go after Dale and Mark Hunter um, as a combo coach and general manager. Mark was an assistant GM, and and they picked Dubas over him. Um, they own the London Knights, of course, and, and manage and coach the London Knights. Tremendous, uh, tremendously successful junior program. Of course, they both played in the NHL. Um, Shanahan played for the London Knights. Um, they're, uh, their back's against the wall against Peterborough Peets right now. So um, they play tonight in London, game five in the Ontario Hockey League Championship. And if, and if Peterborough wins uh, in London's barn, now those guys are done. And I think you're going to see some, some talks heat up. Um, I don't think it's imminent. I don't think they, they, they need to put uh, somebody in place as a general manager right away, um, just based on, you know, Pridham. And he'd be the third guy. Um, if they don't get it like what they see, you know, when they interview these other guys, I think Pridham is going to get it certainly a shot. I don't see anybody else out there that uh, makes sense at this point. Um, that's And I think you're going to see Jason Spezza get a, a much bigger role within the organization. So he was a special advisor to Dubas last year. I think he'll be, in a, you know, at the very least an assistant general manager. What do, you, what do you think about uh, Matthews? Because, you know, that's been brought up. Do you, you think he's going to stay? You think there's going to be some movement with him? Yeah, I thought he was going to stay if, if Dubas stayed, right? Okay. Him and Dubas are, are quite close. I think this is a, a, a big shift. So what I would have thought, uh, if Dubas was coming back, I, I, I honestly, and, and, you know, people are arguing about it in, in all over the place, I think Marner was going to go. I think uh, they would have found somebody to, to, you know, pay big for Mitch Martin. And he's, I think he's a top six or seven player in the league. Um, because Matthews is just, he's a generation. He's hes one of those guys that, um, you know, if you give up on a guy like that, it may bite you. Um, if he wants to leave, he wants to leave. He tells him he's going, then you move him and you get what you can. Right? You don't want to see the Chuck uh, and, and Johnny Goudreau to Calgary last year. But if he wants to sign, and I think you move Marner, I think William Nylander is the best bang for his buck, best bang for the buck in the National Hockey League. He makes 6.9. He has 40 goals, 80 points. Um, you know, he's the best player in the playoffs. And John Tavares has a no movement. You can't touch him. You got to buy him out. And, you know, I don't think he's worth the 10, 10, 8, or whatever it is, 11 that he's making. Um, but there's not much you can do about that. So, Unfortunately, it's going to turn it's going to turn into Marner, and you know, I, I think he'll go west. That might be somebody that uh, Anaheim would look at to, to come in and and you know take over some leadership, that kind of stuff, right? 20, 26, I think now, but, you know, so he'll be twenty nine in his prime when when they're ready when those D core comes out. So that could be someone they you know would be a good you know they've got assets for sure that Toronto would be interested in. Uh, almost have a plethora of defensemen that uh, you know that you could include. I mean, you're getting a world class player like that. That's kind of you know, you know, he has no control over where he goes at this point. He's got two full years left on the deal. So you know, if you're confident in the team that you're building, you trade for him, and you and you 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 make it a a, a place a, a destination that he wants to sign for long term. Yeah, I mean, uh, so the Ducks have traded with Toronto before too. So some of those names yeah. have come up. So I'm curious to see. With this shakeup, you know, obviously what happens with the Ducks and what happens with the Maple Leafs this summer. Um, yeah. Kind of another situation, I guess we could talk about, kind of kind of another team, like even more crazy, would be the Arizona Coyotes. Um, yeah. Just, <laughs> they had the vote, uh, you know, the votes didn't go their way. 
Um, there's a lot of talk uh, about all these places that they could end up there. They've talked about San Diego. They've talked about Utah, uh, Quebec coming back. You know, they had the Nordiques up there. I mean, ha- have you seen anything or heard anything with Arizona? I mean, they're in just, uh, just a really crazy situation right now. Yeah. Um, it, it is. And, you know, I spent a few years down there. I was working in hockey down uh, in Tucson. And, um, you know, I did a lot of stuff with, with the Coyotes all the side. Um, yeah, they never grew, right? You know, the only teams that would draw were Detroit, Chicago, Toronto, Montreal, right? Original six teams that that people, you know, the snowbirds that live in, you know, the older people grew up watching. So, um, you know, unfortunately, it should have been. This is, you know, I'll segue this into my Gary Batman stuff. But yeah, go for it. Absolutely, uh, it's a debacle. It shouldn't have gone gone this far. Um, they need to move. I think the right thing to do, I know all these other markets are popping up. I believe the right thing to do is go back to Quebec City. Um, they've got, they're selling 18,000 for a junior game there uh, consistently in the playoffs. Um, they've got a rink ready that you can literally move tomorrow and you're, you're playing and, and there's no, 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 you know, other than a little bit of a divisional alignment, I'd move Detroit back to the West and create some natural rivalries with St. Louis and, uh, um, you know, uh, Chicago and, and, and Colorado, right. You know, oh. put them back in the West, seamless or Quebec. And now if you look at these other markets, get the expansion money, mm-hmm. right. Get the expansion money. So you go to 36. I'm fine with it. If there's, if there's, if there's 36 markets that can sustain the NHL, do it. So, so put four teams two two you know, maybe one more in the East. Um, or or flip it around and go in. Yeah, I'd, I have no problem trying in Houston. I got a little bit of an issue with Atlanta because it's failed twice. Right. Um, Kansas yeah. City's failed once, but I'd go Houston for sure, big market. I'd go Salt Lake City, absolutely. I don't think I'd go San Diego. No. I, I, I just don't think it works. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'd go Sacramento. I don't think it works. I would go Portland. I would go Portland in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um and then you know, on the east side, really, there's 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 uh, um, there's no real uh, standouts, right? so so you'd have to you know move some some teams around, and and then you know Detroit goes back to the east, and maybe St. Louis goes to the east, right? And then you got uh, you know 18 and 18. You could have if you had uh, if you had 36, you could have three divisions of 12. You could have an east, a west, and a central, and you know do some goofy things with the playoff seedings. You know, the command and just go 116, 215 league wide. You know that, that's possible too, but um, they got to They I, they can't do this. This is you know this is embarrassing for the league. The players. I mean, uh, one of the kids, uh, Clayton Keller's dad's tweeting that he's not going to be there. He's yeah, I saw that. So I'm done. Right, which is pretty. Uh, and then uh, is it Logan Cooley? Um, he announced today he's going back for his junior year at, to Minnesota. He was coming out 100. percent Yeah. Right. Because nice, right? That team's not going to be that good. Um, you know, nice day because they were that good. Now nice is up, and then Cooley has just said, "Yeah, I'm not going there. I'll, I'll, I play for more people. I play in front of more people in Minnesota than I would in the National Hockey League, college hockey, right? Five thousand people. It's embarrassing. And Batman's fingerprints are all all over it. So that coupled with, um, I think the officiating has been." Uh, uh, very poor. Um, I haven't seen officiating this poor in my whole career playing and following hockey. So 50 years, I haven't seen this, the inconsistency of the calls. I haven't seen almost like, and, and there's cameras. I just don't get it. You know, you, you know, I, I believe that the roughing is so bad. They almost have to have the ability to review everything. Yeah. Says you can review a goal. Uh, you can review goalie interference, you can review, you know, an offside. But somebody whacks you across the face with a stick and you got three teeth hanging out and you're bleeding and the ref doesn't call it. I can't call the, you know, say I want to go upstairs on that because you're going to see that guy whacked my guy in the face. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, what's called tonight isn't called tomorrow night. Uh, Department of Player Safety is part of this too. Um, you know, what's a suspension? Because I could do something to you right now and then tomorrow night you do the same thing back to me. And you get nothing, and I'm gone for three games, right? So it's 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 a joke, right? The, the players are even talking. About it. They're taking fines now. They're going, I don't care. Find me the twenty five thousand. This 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 you know refereeing was horseshit. And in more games than than 
than less, there's an issue. And and it's not usually it's not one sided ref. Nobody's cheating or trying to let this team win or that team win. That's not what it is. But it's just I think it's accountability. I don't think uh, referees are held to the same standard. You know, certainly the players and the teams are within the league. Um, they can kind of, hey, you know what? Um, you know, their performance uh, isn't indicative of the job assignments, right? It's kind of a who, who you know deal. So that, and then like I said about the player player safety, and then just Bettman. Um, I think it's time. The TV, the TV lack of. Of, of a deal in in the U.S., you know, I mean, it's, it's a joke. It's, it's fractions for what sports not paying in Canada. Fractions, and you've got ten times as many people. It doesn't make any sense, right? So, I think they're going to push him out. I think by the end of the season, you'll hear that he's going to announce or the season coming up. Um, I think you know, at one point there, and I, I, I don't think it'll be a big. Uh, a big road show. I think it'll be close to the playoffs and they'll say, you know, they'll do a press conference and, you know, I've decided to retire. Um, that's being pushed out. Barry, Batman ain't retiring. He, if, if that happens, and I believe it will, he's, he's, you know, the ownership has come together and they'll let him go with dignity and say, I'm, I'm retired. Mm -hmm. um, rather than saying we're getting rid of him. Why would you do that at this point? He's done a lot of good things for the league, right? The revenues are good, uh, you know, for the most part. You, you, you know, navigating through COVID, that was a very, very difficult thing to do. And, you know, running a professional sports league and, and you know, he didn't miss any playoffs, right? You know, he got the Stanley Cup one. That's tremendous. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, my my take on that stuff. Um, everything else from, from the, from the league-wide stuff? Yeah, I think the thing that bothers me, like you were talking about Batman, is I think some of the teams you can't always see, like in, in the U.S., you can't always see your team. Uh, for example, like you have to have, a, you know, uh, a certain plan to watch yep. this team. Then you Here have to have a plan Here to too. watch this team. And then uh, even with the Ducks, the Ducks have the Duck stream, which is very good. A lot of podcasts, a lot of information, but they're no longer on AM, FM radio. So it's like, right. I mean, you're... you're and I talk with some people within the organization about this too. And it's, it's like, why not try to expand your outlets, get more fans pulled in, bring in new fans instead of like, well, you have to pay for this service to listen. You have to pay for this service or subscribe or whatever it is, which I don't know. It just seems a little bit frustrating because it, it seems to narrow the fan base a little bit. And then my, my big beef with the draft lottery is I don't understand why it's not live um, it's recorded. It was on um, YouTube. I found it afterwards, but that's a huge to me missed marketing opportunity. You make it live. You throw all your sponsors on there. You blow it up. You make it a half an hour production. Like you do the NHL awards in Vegas. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. And it, it's just weird to me that they, they pre-record it and then they put it on YouTube, but then they don't talk about it on Twitter or Facebook or anything else. Like, I don't know. To me, it just seems like a missed opportunity that you could really blow it up and be like, hey, here we're going. We're going through the, you know, the first draw and the second draw. And and then, yeah. you know, you could combine it like they did on the ESPN show where they flip the cards, too. I mean, there's ways to do it to make it very, very exciting. I, I don't know. To me. That's frustrating. I mean, he has done good things, like you said, you know, doing the expansion thing, navigating COVID was crazy. That was insane. And having to redo um, the divisions and having the, can you know, Canada and U.S. and all that. I mean, he did a fantastic job with that. But yeah. I am curious to see when the time is up with him. And, and if it is this next year, like you said, um, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I do think it's time. Uh, yeah. Some of those things I don't like. And the player safety thing, I think there's a couple issues there, too. A lot of people don't like the uh, inconsistency with the way things are called, like you said, right. but there's also some rules that are a little bit vague. Like what, what's goalie interference? Yeah. Like last night we had that in the quadruple overtime game with Carolina, Florida. People were arguing about that called back early when Florida scored. Cause you, you yeah. see him get pushed in to Anderson. There is some contact. I, I saw it both ways. I mean, I was like, well, he was pushed in there, you know, but then Anderson kind of got out of position you know, and then and they argue about goalie interference nonstop. That's like a big one. The the kicking thing used to be a big thing too with with ducks. That would happen a lot. Put in the crease, put in the crease from two thousand ninety nine, right? Right, that whole thing. And then of course now we have the replay of the offside. So I see that as like kind of twofold. I think there's inconsistency, absolutely, like you said. But I think some of the the rules need to be a little bit revamped too. I I, I don't know. I just. 
that's just some of my gripes is, is player safety and then yeah. the availability of the uh, of media access to watching and listening to the teams. Yeah. And and they have to do that paper stuff in the states because you get no the teams don't get any TV money up here. Like uh-huh. the just just what Sportsnet or TSN pays the Leafs is crazy. Mm. Right. The revenue that they generate just from that. Um, and they still like, you You know, I have, um, so we have sports net and there's West Pacific, uh, Ontario and East. So being East, I used to live in Saskatchewan and we would have, uh, I would get every on just my local package, right? No, I didn't have to buy anything else. And I'd get Calgary, Edmonton or Winnipeg because we, you know, right in the middle of three of them. Out here, we get Ottawa, right? Ontario, they get Toronto. So any Toronto games on, they get to see it because that's their local market. Um, but, uh, I pay, I think 180 bucks a year or something like that. And I can watch everything. So that's 180 bucks and that's for the whole year. And it doesn't matter the market time of day locked out. I, I, I watch everything. Yeah. So, you know, but it's tough, you know, and I think, uh, I just think it's time. I would like to see a hockey guy in there. Yeah. Um, but I think daily will, will be a front runner. Um, but you know, I'd like to see maybe Brian Burke. Honestly, mm. Brian Burke would be a real good fit because he's got that law and he's worked for the league before. And he's just, you know, he's one of those guys, right? That uh, I think, that, you know, he's got probably got five or 10 years left. I think it'd be a good fit. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think Brookie would be a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that kind of wraps up everything I, I had on our, our show. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add or discuss or anything else around the league as we kind of wind it up here. Well, just I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about my show on the Old City Sports Network. So yeah. I got a show called uh, uh, Road to the Show, and and it's a uh, it's a kind of a magazine. I I sit down every Sunday night, and I have a one on one interview with somebody in the sport. Right, and we've had uh, you know David Bowen from the Stanley Blackhawks to uh, Brian Prop from you know old Philadelphia Flyer. I've had to Ian Duncan, an old Winnipeg Jet. Um, you know. And, some of the guys that I, you know, I bring on are, are, are my friends that, you know, people that I've known for years and then some people that I'm just meeting. So this Sunday, for example, we've got uh, Jobert Dion, um, obviously Marcel's little brother, played in the NHL, won a cup in Montreal, played for Philly, played for Florida. Uh, real funny guy. He's going to have some good stories. And um, so that's Road to the Show pod. And, and you know, we're on the Old City Sports Network. So you can watch that live, um, you know, tune in on Spotify. Is there is there a website like for us it's ducksandpucks.com? Is there a road to the show? Like- yeah, we don't have a website. It's on Facebook, Road to the Show. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh very cool. So I'm glad we we're able to do this. Uh, again, yeah, we're all part of the Old City Sports Network. So you can check out all the shows on there. Like I mentioned, you can check out uh Ducks and Pucks as well for our articles and podcasts as well. So thanks for coming on, uh, John. I look forward to you know maybe doing another show in the future with you as well. Absolutely love it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a good night.